Hey, contest players, did you know there is a really good opportunity to qualify for the NHC coming up with our friends at Tampa Bay Downs. It's going to have special coverage of their big weekend coming up on the network this week. But really want you to be focused on Friday, February 16th, and Saturday, February 17th. You can play in this contest, win, place, or show only, $1,000 buy-in, live at Tampa. Make sure you get registered for this in advance. Make your travel plans now. For much more information, you can go to tampabaydowns.com and make sure you sign up today. I'm going to be there in person. Would love to see you out there once again. TampaBayDowns.com to sign up for their February High Rollers contest on February 16th, a Friday, and February 17th, a Saturday. More. Hello and welcome to the In the Money Players <laughs> podcast. This is our show for February, Friday, 9th. Oh my gosh, I can't even speak because I'm in another corner of the world and that's what happens to the brain sometimes. Peter Thomas Fornital back with you, I don't know, 4,000 miles from the Brooklyn Bunker. I'm at the little Airbnb near Farringdon. I had a great week at the ICE Conference. Got to see a lot of horse racing people, our friends from uh, DRF and and FIRST and uh, at the races. Very, very good productive meetings all week long over here. But now it's the end of the week. I'm flying back today, and attention turns to the action that we have going on in the United States this weekend. And uh, nowhere is it more interesting to take a look at in terms of a Triple Crown prep action than Tampa. And those of you that know the show and have been listening the last several years probably already know who the guest is going to be if you haven't read it in the description. He's a man who the last time we did a show where I was in England and he was talking about Tampa back in the USA. He gave out a 50 to one shot. You know, we're not sure we're going to hold him to that again, but I did want to point that out. And then the very last time he was on these airwaves uh, to preview the Tampa meet, talking about opening day down there, he gave us an angle that produced a $20 plus winner. He's riding high right now. We're going to talk to him a little bit about his stable operation, but I'm speaking of Rich Averill, double R. How are things, buddy? Everything's good. No complaints. Yeah, well, let's talk about last weekend. You got a three-year-old Billy who's really uh, turning some heads in the form of R. Harper Rose. Got the job done in the forward gal last weekend. How did she come out of it? Uh, and when did you have the idea that this was going to be one that could be a player on this three-year-old Philly at sea? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, nothing, you know, no no news is good news in the horse game. So, yep. Um, yep. Yeah, she's doing. She's she came out of it good. So, uh, look for her to have a great uh, three-year-old campaign. So, you know, get closer. You know, a couple weeks, two or three weeks. Talk to Safi and, and Jason, and you know, come up with a plan. And you know, she'll probably tell us, you know, what what she wants to do when she's ready to go back out. So I know he wants to space out her races and. Uh, you know, there's some bigger, <clears throat> some bigger things ahead for her, hopefully. And what, uh, how far do you think she wants to run Rich? What's your gut on that? I think we're, you know, seven eights is where she, you know, I think she could be a useful horse, you know, longer than seven eights, but to be a graded stakes, one of the top, you know, sprinting fillies in the country, she, 
probably needs to stay, you know, six, six and a half, seven, you know, which is fine. There's, there's plenty of races, you know, the test, the Charlestown Oaks, they, they, I think they increased their purse, you know, quite a bit. So there's a lot of races. There's a lot of races for her the race at Keeneland at the end of the, at the end of the meet in, uh, in October, but she's, uh, she, she, she's special. And, and, and as far as knowing, I mean, kind of new in the beginning, uh, I've you know, just started with Safi the last couple years and sent him a couple horses, nothing, you know, nothing of, of relevance. And when I, you know, sent this one after, you know, probably a month. He's like, you finally sent me a good one. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's nice. And then we uh, were, you know, we get, get to go and she's working out. Yeah. You know, you have friends, clocker friends and, you know, they would, they would tell me she's, you know, she looks really good. And, you know, this, she, she hits the ground good. She moves good. She acts like a good horse. And I've been waiting probably seven eight years to name one after my daughter uh, I, I had one prior my youngest or my oldest daughter Kinsley and then Harper my youngest daughter so I've been waiting to name one after her so she's probably two three weeks away from running and I said Safi I'm gonna pull the trigger and he says well no let's wait I said no I'm pulling the trigger so I <laughs> Harper is my daughter's uh, first name Rose is uh, her middle name so uh, when she won her first race, it was, it was, it was special. I was, you know, shaking. I was getting, you know, the next race, I was real nervous. The stakes race, I've always wanted to win that stallion stakes. As long as I've owned horses and ran in Florida, I never, I never got to win that. So that was, that was special. And, um, you know, we knew last time was a little bit too far and we had a couple hiccups in between training, but she had leading up to this race, she was training as good as she could possibly do. And, and, uh, Safi said, you know, we're going to see something, we're going to see something special. And then of course, like every trainer, he backs off a little bit towards the, towards the race, but you got to kind of, with these trainers, you got to kind of remember what they said two or three weeks prior to, you know, the actual race day. So, um, I was very confident going in, uh, and, uh, I, you know, I, I, I obviously better. And it was a good, it was a good day. It was in the pick, uh, what is the pick five cross country and was in the regular pick five and the pick six. So it was a, it was a fantastic day. Um, you know, it was, it was really, it was really, really good. And we, we knew we were selling uh, our adios Jersey on Monday. So to get, you know, with her retiring and, and going off to the breeding shed and then to have her, come in and take her place in the stable it was uh it, you know it was, it was really special next philly up kind of a situation and yeah it sounds like you were confident and and, and excited all along the way with this one and you sound that way coming out i'm glad you mentioned a race like the test i mean you're clearly thinking as big as it comes for three-year-old sprinting fillies with her and, and she's earned that opportunity let's talk about that sale that worked out pretty well for you were you surprised at, at uh, where the hammer dropped on that one yeah actually i was i mean she's uh she was you know she was a really good horse for us uh, we we you know we had a lot of fun with her um we had a, some down times with her but all in all she was a profitable horse she was really fun um you know she was she was atm you know first first basically kind of his first horse that 
and we got in on and got to name and um it, it was great it was it was it was really good so going in um you know she was a stakes winner by Otis charlie you know she she had a couple grade threes she ran third in so you know that helped you know honestly i at at 150 i was i was i thought that was the number anything over 150 i would have you know i was happy anything under i would have been disappointed and i thought maybe you know if a couple people got tied up you know maybe around 200,000 and i tell you she she came in and she looked unbelievable she carried herself well she looked just looked amazing and they uh they did a good job gainsway um selling her and we put a reserve at 124 and it was just like fireworks i mean you know she just went right in and it was like bang 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 I and mean, it was i was grinning from ear to ear because i i've been in there and there's you know you know your reserve and it's like you could tell the fake bids and then you get to your rear like oh fuck <laughs> But it was, it was, it was great. It was, it was really, really, really great. It was, uh, it was, it was 290 exciting. in so, the end. Yeah. 290. And, uh, I believe one of the owners of mage, uh, bought her and is going to breed her to mage. Yeah. It was Ramiro. Ramiro was involved on the other end of the sale, wasn't he? Yeah. He was, uh, I think he was the bloodstock agent with the owner there and, uh, they, and they got her. So, and That's I think awesome. they, they, they kind of knew about her because I think Mage and her were in the same barn last year, maybe. So I think they, you know, kind of knew and saw her and, you know, probably the way she acts and I mean, she's just all class. So that's always usually good too. So um, I don't, I'm not sure who else was involved, but uh, you know, it was, it was great. It was, it's, I've been to it. Like I said, I've been to enough sales where nobody bids shit and you're you know so it was there was multiple i mean it was like five or six it was like i said it was like fireworks it was just that's great you know and uh and uh it was great it was really really it was a one of my top probably one of my top top weekends uh for sure as far as winning and selling and gambling and it was it was good it was a good it was a good time well while we have you on this hot streak let's turn our attention to this Tampa card, the Sam F. Davis card. It's supposed to be a fun day of racing. I've never actually gotten to go because of the trip to England. I was thinking about going this weekend, um, but I'm going to, I'm not going to go. Obviously, I'm here in England, uh, but I'm going to get down to Tampa next weekend. We'll do some extra coverage of, of that as well on the network. But while we have you, Rich, I'd love you to take us through your thoughts on this card. Why don't we focus on the stakes races? Of course, if you see anything along the way and you want to share any wisdom, feel free. I don't want to limit you just that but we got a, a lot of stakes starting off with one four three-year-old fillies the sun coast going a mile and 40 with one hundred fifty thousand in the pot and this is a race where we got a big favorite that i think we need to start the conversation with that's life talk last seen winning the demoiselle last fall uh in impressive fashion at even money is there any beating life talk in the sun coast this year yeah she's gonna be she's gonna be tough uh, you know, she, you know, she's definitely the class of the race. Um, the, I think, I think this is, this, this Suncoast race has become a pretty cool race with horses, you know, coming from here and moving on to big things. Um, and they've, you know, slowly increased the purse with this thing. I think it used to be 50. Now it's 150. Uh, you know, it, it should be graded, I would think, you know, here probably maybe next year. But, 
Yeah, I mean, four is going to be really tough to beat. Um, she, you know, she's coming off of a little bit of a layoff, so you never know. She's probably not – this is probably not where they're exactly – have the screws tightened on her. Um, the, you know, the two the two horse I thought maybe had a small chance, second off the layoff, you know, to be in there. And one little bit of a long shot w was the six. But, you know, mostly I think you can get through with – with two, four, six, and you know, and then maybe press, you know, probably press the four. But I thought that though it was just a three-horse race with those two, and six being the local horse. You know, sometimes horses don't really like Tampa track, so you know it, that that horse looks like maybe wants a little bit more ground. So th that's probably who I'm going to use. So I mean, Life Talk, you know, will be huge favorite. Will probably be, I don't know, one to two. So yep. it, it's hard. You can't use too many. So I'll just probably take a stand with those three, press the four. And if you press the four and it loses and one of your other ones wins, you know, you're, 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 you'll cover yourself because of, of the value. Yeah. Maybe gorgeous girl, that six runner can get in there for, for exotics and contribute something to the, to the, to the situation in terms of what you're going to get for a return there. We'll hop ahead, Rich, to race number seven. where We've got more. Uh, stakes action. This is the Minaret six furlongs, older fillies and mares going six furlongs on the dirt, just 50,000 in the pot this time. Certainly a, a race that looks a little bit more open. Um, taking a quick look through, where's your eye drawn as far as finding a winner? Yeah, this is another, this is another good race. And it's a shame. I, I'm not sure. I have to talk to Tampa, but I'm not sure what they're thinking. Why, why they would not increase this, this race. I mean, there's been some nice horses. I mean, I, I, I won this race. I ran second this race to our free roll. Uh, she was yeah. a grade two winner. So, I mean, I don't know why they won't. I mean, maidens are running for 53,000, yeah. but this is, this one's only 50. I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it. So it really does. It really doesn't make any sense. Why not throw an extra 50 in there and try to get another graded race? So I don't know. It's, uh, you it know, people sense. over there, talk to somebody. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to. <laughs> They don't listen to me. Uh, so we got Wesley shipping in. This horse hasn't ran from Ch since uh, Saratoga. I, I think that horse wants, you know, maybe wants a little bit more ground. I think he, the, I think the two, the Shytown lady is is gonna is gonna want more ground. I, I'm, I think I'm gonna try to beat her. She's gonna be the favorite. Uh, these days that that they, you know, they have. These big stakes, you know, it's it's like every other track. Track gets fast. Speed is usually your friend. Um, I, I think I'm I think I'm gonna go with the one or in the four, the most. I, I'm gonna hope that they don't duel. Uh, I think the one is gonna send from the inside, and and I think that if the four is smart, the four will sit right off of the one. And then may the best horse win. So uh, that—that's what I was gonna use. I, I was gonna try to beat the two. Obviously, Wesley's my friend. I, you know, I'll call him and see how the horse is doing. But I, I wasn't able to—I wasn't able to get any information there. Uh, and then a little bit of a long shot <clears throat> in this race. I was gonna try was the six. Um, this guy. Uh, Miller Racing. He used to be in the game a long time ago, uh, down in Calder. He had a trainer, Marty Wolfson, 
And he sure. always bought Phillies. He always bought Phillies and he always, uh, that were like borderline stakes horses and then, you know, took shots with them. And, you know, he did very well and he's, you know, he's gotten back and he's gotten back in the game and he's bought a bunch of these Phillies. He had two in last weekend at Gulfstream. He ended up winning one race with one of them. So, uh, I mean, Brittany Russell's tough to improve on, but um, when this Kreiser guy had the horse, I mean, this horse has a, has a number or two that could be, you know, that, that, that fits. Uh, I, I just thought, you know, this horse would be a big price and, you know, maybe, like I said, I, and I don't know anything, I, I guess I could call Safi too, but um, I, I just know that this is what that guy does. And, and uh, I, I've seen him, I've seen him pop before. So I'm going to probably use mostly the one and the four and then, you know, maybe throw those six in as a long shot underneath. A little bit of Bazinga C in there to juice things up. Yeah, a chance to get a Safi runner in a spot like this. Potentially double-digit odds, 15 to 1 in the morning line. A uh, horse does go with a chance when you mention some of those back races. And it sounds like the key to your opinion here is thinking that the race just probably not going to be run to suit Chai Town Lady, who does seem like a deep closer who probably wants a little bit more ground. So I uh, might find this a little bit sharp. I like your analysis very much. In, uh, in this one, race number seven, we got another stakes race coming right up after it. This one, uh, an open stake, the Pelican. We're going six furlongs on the dirt here. Eight scheduled to go to post, the most familiar name and likely um, favorite being Nakatomi, but uh, also another pretty well-known, well-regarded horse coming back in the right direction in the form of number seven, Sibelius. Is it one of those you like in this spot, or do you think we can bring in something at a little bit bigger price? Yeah, I think this is, is, you know, the most likely, you know, the easiest race. I, I think I'm just, it's just those two. And, you know, I think uh, uh, Sibelius is going to, is going to go right to the lead or just, just off, put enough pressure on uh, some of these other horses, uh, probably the four super, super Ocho, you know, and then, you know, this could, this, you know, Wesley in the last race, I don't think it sets up for him. This one, I, you know, I mean, if 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 with Nakatomi, if that horse runs like it did in the Breeders' Cup, uh, I mean, it you know they can forget all over. It. So yeah, but but um, I, you know, I'm just going to use those two. It, that, that's just going to be it. You know, and what, if two or seven doesn't win, I, I'm I'm out. Yeah, and you have preference for the two over the seven, or is it more of a use them equally kind of a situation? I mean, once again, you know, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, if I had to pick one, I would probably pick the seven just because I think that horse is going to get a, you know, a good trip. We know the horse likes Tampa. The horse won this race last year. So, um, you know, ran and ran a good number. So I, I think, I think that it would probably be the seven if I had to just, if I had to single one, you know, but, you know, I'm sure that, you know, with, with Nakatomi, with Wesley and them, you know, they're, this is not the race that they had circled on their calendar. This is just the stepping stone to, you know, to the other things. Yep. It makes the sense. That, they, that they're going to, you know, and probably the same thing with the seven, but I just think that that horse is a little more fresher and is going to be closer to the pace. So if Tampa's not the easiest track to, you know, they got with the turns and short stretch, it's not the yep. easiest place to, to, you know, deep close. So for sure. Uh, for sure. I, you know, I remember I, playing I, a lot I, in the pandemic, playing Tampa a lot. And I definitely noticed that it's like, 
if you're not there by the turn, it just you see a lot of wheel spinning. Yeah. Um, yep. I didn't prep you to talk about race number nine, but it's so interesting. I just want to see if anything leaps out or just to get your idea of a general approach for these three-year-old fillies going a mile and a 16th on the turf. Looks to me like one where you're going to probably need to spread and, and cover quite a few because you got you got a lot of unexposed form here with trainers with names like uh, like Brown and, and Motion and, and Delacour, people who are generally uh, pretty – pretty deadly and it, it seems like a hard one to really plant a flag to me looking at it did, did you have a quick thought on race nine yeah uh, you just mentioned delacor uh the, you know they do a great job they're local local trainers they're there every year at, at tampa so i mean I'm, I'm sure they have a bunch of horses uh they, that are in this uh, in this you know, maidens, fillies, three-year-old. I mean, they they have they have a lot of horses, so I'm sure they could have entered an, a number of of horses in this race. So, I mean, I I did have I did have their horse circled. That that uh, they probably you know they they use Centino a lot. That's their guy. He's probably working the horse. So I'm I'm I'd be pretty confident in saying that they've pointed to this race and you know a big day and you know they know what is coming in there's going to be shippers so that you know they they're not just going to put a any kind of horse in there to embarrass nope. themselves so i feel like you know that horse is going to be some value that that you can that you could go with and i i also thought that the eight was interesting um you know i always like i always like mott um to to and with it, you know, second time out, I don't think Mod is always the guy that, you know, tries to win first time. He, he's kind of easy on them. They usually get better the second time. So I, I thought that that horse was very, very interested and interesting. Ran, ran good, you know, good enough the first time and, uh, you know, gets Lasix today. So, I mean, they all get Lasix, but this, this horse didn't have them last time. So couldn't even improve a little bit with Lasix on, on, with that. So, you know, I was just gonna, you know, maybe throw a few dollars on the three with Delacour first, or thinking that the, you know they they will spot this horse for this big day, and then uh, I, I'll probably mostly bet, you know, the eight uh, Gossiper. Well, three, a little eight there makes sense. You know, I dig, I dug into the numbers on Mott at some point in the recent future to the point where I'm pretty sure this stat would still be accurate, and this is a logical thing you'll see with a lot of trainers that aren't known like historically for doing well first time out, the betting usually tells the tale. You know, when he has one that catches money first out, you know, surprise, surprise, they run a lot better than the ones like this one that are 12 to 1. But I feel like you can really kind of safely ignore that race as a result. And I, I like that idea as one to get in there. I mean, you know, you know those other horses, first-time starters are going to take money. A little bit more to latch on to with your sort of local angle with the three, Aqualina and uh, the Mott factor with number eight gossiper glad we did talk about that one because some interesting yeah, i mean runners. not even not 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 just mod but anybody i think it's i think it's really really hard for any trainer to get a horse to win first time out two turns in, in on the yes. turf because i mean half of them don't even train on the turf so it's like first time they're trying to figure out what's this stuff underneath my feet and then you got to <laughs> go or and then you got to go around two turns which you know, they train around them, but still like to get them fit enough to do that is, is another thing. And then, 
I don't care, you know, here at least in, in America, we, you know, what you might work or train with two, three at the most, maybe four horses. And, you know, to get you know, usually the turf races are full 10, 12 horse fields. So to be in a race with all these horses on the turf, it's just a lot of new things. And so anytime they run somewhat okay, you know, they, they I think they're just, you know, they're just definitely better off the second time. And with any, with any trainer and then, you know, with Mott, he usually does, you know, he, I think he's probably double, he probably wins twice as many races second time out as he does first time out. Yeah, it sounds about right. And with Aqualina, I mean, yes, first time starter, but you're going to get a price for one thing. It's not like you're going to be betting the favorite. And like you said, you're dealing with very shrewd connections who understand that they're going to be, you know, this is the one they've chosen to take on Chad Brown, essentially, on this big day. And I feel like a horse like Aqualina has a terrific base of training, you know, would have started out at Fair Hill, which is the kind of place you can get added fitness, and then has been local training around um, Tampa now for a couple of months. Yeah, that if I'm going to take a first, or if I'm going to lean on a firster in a spot like this, I love the idea of doing it with one like Aqualina. Let's talk about the plus big it, one. The plus, race. Oh, plus go ahead. it's an unbelievable hotel. It's an unbelievable hotel down, <laughs> down in Sunny Isles. <laughs> Oh, that's right. There you go. I, I didn't even I didn't even think, you know, we talked about the importance of names and, and choosing the right name for good ones. That might that might come into uh, come into effect there as well. You better bring your you better bring your wallet to stay there. That's for sure. <laughs> Let's talk about the race that gives the day its name. The grade three Sam F. Davis for these three year olds. Big field here and, and uh, it's a very familiar names. I guess Locked, who was going to be or is, apparently had been pointed to this race had some sort of a minor setback, will not be competing. But uh, I got to tell you, still a lot of interesting possibilities. And whoever wins this is going to start appearing on uh, derby lists and things like that, you you could imagine, just because this does look like a deep and competitive group. Who's going to get the win? I don't know. This this race is impossible. I mean, this is... This is one of the most wide open races I've ever seen. It really, really, really is, uh, really is tough. I, I've, I, I tried to pencil down, you know, somebody and I mean, really the only, I, I came up with two horses and I, I come up with, uh, with Pletcher's, uh, the six horse. Aggie I'm Rogue. just hoping, yeah, I'm just hoping you know, the horse ran good first time out uh, on the turf, you know, had a little bit of a trouble trip there. I mean, on the dirt, sorry. Yep. Had a little bit of a trouble trip. You know, I'm, I'm not sure why they went turf, uh, maybe because of the distance or, you know, there wasn't, maybe there wasn't any distance uh, races, but I mean, quality road, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, does he produce some turf horses? Yes. But I mean, he was, he was an unbelievable dirt horse. So I think this horse is is just as good on the dirt as, as he is on on, on the turf. Uh, and if you look at some of his turf stuff that he did, I mean that those numbers put him, um, you know, as the favorite in my opinion. So, I mean, I will, you know, definitely have balls. <laughs> But um, I, uh, I, I also, you know, I, I also was going to use the four a little bit. Um, you know, the horse is, is stabled at Tampa. 
uh, has two, you know, two trips over the track, uh, one, two turns last time. I mean, how many horses in here? Uh, one at Tampa, two turns. So I thought, I thought that that horse was interesting as my long shot, the four. Yeah. And I might, I might play, I might play the five. I mean, it's interesting that Paco comes in and, and, uh, and, and, and rides this horse. If you go two back on the five, I mean, that, that, that horse ran a big race there. I mean, this horse could go, I mean, I'm pretty sure that this horse is going to the lead with Paco and you know, they're probably just going to see how far, you know, how far they can go. So, I mean, those are just three horses that I, you know, I like, I probably like the six, the best. And then, you know, I would, you know, crazy Mason and no more time, probably use, probably use those two. But I mean, other than that, it, this was a very, very difficult race for me to handicap. I take your points on Agate Road, especially. And yeah, maybe it was distance to go. Um, you know, they, they ran long in that maiden and then they got the idea, of, you know, then there's that grade two right down the pike that they knew they were going to be a favorite for and they ended up winning. So maybe just got sort of sucked into a, a turf campaign, but quality road. And you remember Yellow Agate too, right? Grade one winner as a two-year-old, like very precocious. I, I think there's a real chance he could transfer that form. So I, I like that idea, and I like your long shot angles as well. We'll call it six, four, five, knowing you'll have at least one backup that covers the rest of them in case we get some real chaos here in the Sam Davis. One more race that, on the card I'll throw out there if you have anything that leaps. Same thing. I didn't really prep you. I just said we were going to talk about stakes, but it, it is the nightcap, so all the late picks will go through here. Curious if you have at least a quick thought on this big full field of 12 that makes up the nightcap. Yeah, uh, I did look at this. I, you know, I, I know you're always gonna try to get me to make a best bet of the day. So I, <laughs> I did, did, I did some thumbing, some thumbing through, and and just so happens, uh, you know, it, I think it's probably gonna be in this race. So I, I think that, uh, I think that the three royalty interest is uh, is is gonna win this race. The horse won first time out about a year ago at Tampa. So, um, you know, I, I, I just think that this horse is, is probably a really nice horse. Something happened, I would say, last time um, at Penn National. Uh, the horse was four to five in the stake there. So, I mean, if four to five and I don't know, that's a $300,000 stake, you know, at Penn National, I mean, what the horse should be a layover at, at Tampa and an A other than. So the horse, yep. you know, the horse likes Tampa. Um, very, very visually impressive the first time out at Tampa. Obviously, like I said, the horse didn't run very good at Penn National in the state. Something happened. They gave the horse time. Plenty of works. Um, you know, big day. Uh, you know, seen it, you know, a million times. These you know, these Europe horses come over to Tampa and I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if this horse wins, you know, really, really impressive. And then you see this filly in a, some sort of big graded stakes race, uh, you know, throughout the year. So Good that's going to be yeah, my, uh, nice. my, my big bet, my, my, probably my best bet of the day there is, uh, is the three in the last. Well, Rich, thanks so much for giving us time and a busy time of year for you. I know you got some fun, travel coming up but we'll definitely have you back on soon always a pleasure catching up and uh go get them
Thank you. And we'll be back right after this. Next up on the show, we bring in uh, a man who always likes to talk about, about all things related to uh, racing and the NFL. So uh, what a perfect time to, to bring him in here, talking about uh, the usual co-host of this program, Jonathan Kinchin. JK, where are you in the world? Uh, Saratoga, but um, I'm in Saratoga, but um, it, I, we got an ambitious weekend. We got Super Bowl Sunday coming up, and then Monday morning, flying to Durham, North Carolina to go to Cameron for a, a Duke basketball game. But the nice. flight is super early, and I'm, I'm, it's just starting to dawn on me that I'm probably not going to feel great uh, at 4.30 in the morning. But, uh, but uh, I got a new trick, Pete, you'll be proud of. Um, a little travel size, like a little shampoo bottle. We bring, we bring a little bit of Aperol on the plane because there's no good airplane drink. Let's be honest, right? Airplane no. drinks are terrible. They're either warm, light beers, yes. um, bad wine, or, uh, you know, gross Woodford rocks or like, you know, a, a Tito's and soda with no fruit. It's just a bad situation. Yes. So if you're going to have a drink on the plane, make it an enjoyable one. So maybe I'll pop an Aperol spritz early in the morning. <laughs> I got you there. So, so in other words, you take something that looks like it would just be a toiletry bottle. So it's under the liquid limit and you fill it with something that you want to drink. Yeah, we we at Instagram. I saw we saw a reel that inspired us of a lady that brought olive juice so that she made dirty martinis on the plane. So he's, I don't I don't want a dirty martini, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's brilliant. I I think it's I think it's a good a good hack. These are the kind of this is the kind of insight you don't get on other uh, horse racing podcasts here uh, for for sure. Let's start off with a little racing. Now, I will drop in the audio. After we finish this segment, I'm going to we'll get to our Lanes End Legacy and then we'll drop in the audio of the YouTube clip that you did previewing the Sam Davis. But while I have you here, I did just want to get your, you know, I know you did that pretty quickly after the draw. Has your opinion evolved much in terms of uh, of what you think is going to happen in this 10th race at Tampa on Saturday? No, I mean, I feel pretty, pretty similar. Like, like Pete said, make sure you check out the video, throw some comments in there. There's a comment contest as well that we've been yes. doing. I've just been giving, I've been giving away Pete's money. Like it's like, it's, uh, it's the, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. It's fine. Just say, I don't know. Pete's gonna give you $50. I don't know to figure it out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we're giving away 50 bucks. If you can get this exact correct, we're going to pick one person. So if there's multiple people that have the exact correct, Pete's only going to send, I don't know, maybe he'll send two, who knows, but he's going to send one. I think that's right. Because you know what that'll do? It'll encourage people not just to list the exact, you're more likely to win if you, I don't know, say something nice about the show or provide a little bit of analysis, something like that. So exactly, exactly. So, so uh, anyway, so make sure you check that YouTube video out and comment there. Um, But yeah, change of command for me, you know, uh, looks like a serious horse trending in the right direction. Um, $1.1 million horse. So I, I liked him. I'm against Agate Road, who who's just a turf horse, right? And I understand that Rapoli and St. Elias and Todd are going to take a chance here uh, with a horse that is well-bred with the quality road with uh, Yellow Agate, um, who I once upon a time bet uh, $15,000 on in the Breeders' Cup betting challenge. <laughs> so so on the dirt. So that maybe there is a little something there. And then some of the long shots I like, the three and the four, um, Patriot Spirit and Crazy Mason that we, we, we talk about, show a replay or two. So make sure you check that out um, on, on, on YouTube. And then, yeah, the Lanes in uh, Legacy, which we'll play here in a little while too, Island Cruiser. If you see those on Instagram or on Twitter, do me a favor and hit a retweet, hit a share, hit a like. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're trying we to really it. get better about, you know, using YouTube, using Instagram 
to, you know, just increase the size of the audience and help get our clients messaging out there and just, you know, get, get more people in the tent. But I will say, JK, as we get more exposed to the larger audience, it does make me appreciate the general sharpness of our regular audience, all of you out there who listen to us on a regular basis. You know, let me just tell you, you guys are smarter and gals are smarter than the average horse player. Let's just throw that out there right now. Oh man, it's it's kind of encouraging. To be fair, it makes you feel like this is a game that's a winnable game when you hear some of the things that that are said. And I, and I'm not saying it to be ugly. I'm you know, look, I, once upon a time I was in the comment section uh, saying some sillier things, and 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 then I I stuck with it and I learned. And I'm sure I still say silly things. I'm not saying it like that. But I was gonna say, um, yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a learned process, right? It's and that's what makes it such a fun game and such an interesting game. So if you happen to be one of those people, ask the dumb question, and we'll do our best to answer it, and then keep listening, and hopefully uh, the dumb questions will go away. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Well, they'll just come from new people. Um, I had the, one of my favorite things whenever I'm in England that happened to me last night. I got I got to use one of my favorite lines because I'm I'm talking uh, nice. Uh, I was visiting my friend Ellie, who works at the the Mickler uh, bar here in London, and and her colleague is a nice young guy, very into music. I asked him what kind of music. He says house music. So I already know where I'm going to be, you know, directing this conversation. And uh, you know, I asked him like, you know, the, the, how how into it he is, how much he knows, you know, classic stuff, etc. Anyway, it comes around to the point where, and this has happened to me so many times over here. Massive, massive MK fan. So I bragged about getting to see MK in front of an audience of, you know, whatever time of night that was, however many of, however couple dozen of us were left at your wedding. He, he looked at me, you know, if looks could kill, he was so envious of the fact. And so, so we talked about that for a while. And then, you know, I explained that, that his, that MK's brother was my business partner. And then he asked, you know, oh, well, what's he like? And I just said, uh, he's a massive pain in the ass. <laughs> no doubt. That makes it's, it's, it's accurate. It's definitely accurate. But it is wild just how, you know, it's such a cultural difference here, how dance music like never had any kind of, I call it dance music, just generically, I probably sound like I'm a thousand years old. But just, you know, the, the division between like house music specifically and like rock and roll, it, it didn't didn't have the kind of like divide running along parallel tracks like in, in the USA. So just and there's just, I don't know, more respect like among the, the down the rabbit hole music people, I feel like uh, over here. And, uh, and yeah, your brother's just an absolute legend. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's always fun to blow people's minds like that. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's always weird. Like it's fun. It's, it's a hard conversation to have when people don't know him. Cause I right. say, Oh, my brother's a musician. And they're like, Oh, well, what kind of musician is he? And I'm like, well, no, I mean, he's like, you know, he's a, he's a DJ. And then they just look, I kind of give their eye roll as if he's like some nerd, like living in his basement who wants to DJ, you know what I mean? And then you, ha then it's like, then you get put in the uncomfortable position where you have to try to like qualify it. Yes. And I'm like, no, no, no. I mean like, you know, like he's played Coachella and they're like, oh, that's cute. He, he played like a little after party at Coachella. You know what I mean? And then you have to be like, <clears throat> yeah, then, you know, no, he's, he's had a couple of number one hits in the UK. Like, and then, oh, that's, you know, oh, he, he, you know, he, he, he turned on the, the, the mixer for somebody. So he got a credit. And and then you say like no 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 I mean you know he makes like a hundred thousand dollars a show for for playing for two hours oh wow <laughs> then they start to kind of grab it bring it into bring it into perspective uh, while I have you let's talk and we're going to do a separate little video we'll come up with a challenge bet uh, for our friends at Cut 
regarding the Super Bowl. Uh, I know a lot of listeners have already signed up using our ITM24 promo code, which is free money at a perfect time ahead of the Super Bowl to take advantage of that. I think if you deposit a thousand, you'll get an extra hundred using that ITM24 promo code. But beyond the chance to get literal free money, this is just a cool way of betting. You can look for public bets and bet the way you would traditionally, but you also have an opportunity to challenge your friends and, and really get involved in the community. And, and maybe best of all, uh, 3% commission is what is charged on these markets. So, you know, it, it may, it's not as liquid as just going to a bookie app or whatever, but, you know, if all other things being equal, you're going to save a lot of money based on that commission. So we encourage folks to download the Cut app and, uh, and, and get involved in that community who we're going to be working with here on uh, the In The Money Media Network. So that's also another way you can help us out supporting our, uh, our sponsors, of course. And in this case, uh, that support's going to put more money in your pocket. So why not? So the Super Bowl, JK, this is one of the heart-head games, uh, division games for me that I've ever seen in my life, where I feel like as somebody who followed NFL betting closely this year and generally is you know more numerically oriented, there's this part of my head that says the 49ers are the team you're supposed to bet. And then there's the kid in me who's been watching football since he was five years old and, you know, has a sense of softer factors like, you know, momentum and, and, and current form and narratives. And all of those parts of me say, how in the world are the chiefs not, you know, how in the world is this not a pick them? Like uh, the chiefs feel like they're, they're supposed to win with these terrific game plans from the last few weeks. And the fact that you'd have, you know, big coach and quarterback advantages. So I'm left sort of half thinking maybe I'm just going to root for my Super Bowl square numbers that I'm going to play in and and maybe make an in-game bet if I see something weird in running. I I just don't know what to do for this game pre. Do you do you share my division about what's going to happen here and how are you betting the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, I think the nature of the fact that the line is minus two and a half uh, is it, it, to me that is a pick em it's a pick them with a little bit of a lean to the team that analytically from the analytics standpoint and the number standpoint is better, um, has had a more consistent year. Yep. So, you know, it, the, there, there's, there's plenty of opportunities for, for folks who are making larger wagers to look down and see that you get the 49ers to just win the football game. And they're going to take that analytic approach. And I think that because of that, then the number started to move to, to, to one, to two, to two and a half and stopped at two and a half and has not really crossed that threshold into three. Because as soon as they cross it, cross it into three, people are going to hop the other way. And that's how sports books are, right? And yep. it's trying to find an opposite side. Conveniently, we're talking about cut the app, trying to find the other side. <laughs> so to me, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a coin flip. It's a coin flip game. Yeah, I mean, I think the 49ers are better, but I think that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are better. So in those situations, it's going to come down to what I think is going to happen. And I, I'm approaching the game um, as a whole. And we talked about it on side bet, which we released last night, uh, Lafitte Pinkai, myself and, and my wife, Jovanina and, and Terrence um, Fiji talked about it yesterday for about an hour. So we, we have that, you can find that show up anywhere, but um, it's to me, it's a game in which I am looking at all things over <clears throat> because I think Kyle Shanahan is an outstanding play caller uh, with an elite ability to to find uh, weaknesses in the defense in the run game. 
and get himself in very manageable situations with two weeks to prepare, I feel like they're going to have some offensive success. The same I can say about the Chiefs with two weeks to prepare. Um, it, it feels to me that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to have a good offensive game. And the other thing about it is, is although the defenses are ranked pretty highly, they have like good statistical numbers. The, the 49ers have not been good the last three weeks. They've been in the bottom quarter of the NFL in the last three weeks and third down percentage on defense, getting teams off the field. That's not a good thing to do going into playing um, the chiefs. And then conversely, the, the, the chiefs have been highly ranked on defense better than they have been in the past, especially, but they're 27th. Where uh, some of the things I look at, they're 27th against the run, which is, which is the strength of the 49ers. So to me, this two good defenses thing is not really accurate. I'm looking for this to be a shootout and I, and I hate playing the over. Uh, I think it's, 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 it's a, it's a, the most over bet thing in, in football because people just want to see touchdowns. This is not one of those approaches to me. I just really truly believe that 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 uh, the offenses are going to be clicking and, and there's going to be some points scored. And and like I feel like the last five minutes of the game, there's going to be two touchdowns. So you just have to get close. Um, and 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 I so I'm looking at all things over when it comes to to, to props, when it comes to uh, the points scored. So any in, in any arena, that's where my lean is. I like it. I wonder if there's. You know, we'll have we'll do a challenge bet. We'll we'll do that separate in video. I wonder if there's a specific element of the under I'd want to go for. But I, I generally like what you're saying. Another fun thing about a cut, and I might get involved in some of these, is you can bet on all kinds of ridiculous stuff too that you can't find at a sports book. For example, Perrin has already informed me that she wants to bet on the winner of the puppy bowl. So you 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 can have a bet about that you could there's bets about you know will taylor swift appear at the halftime show like they, like crazy weird funny stuff so you know obviously the coin toss is uh included in there and the more normal spreads but yeah some of this stuff is just is just hilarious will andy reed's punt pass and kick video be shown during the broadcast oh that's an easy yes and i'm getting plus money here I'll see if there's any bets out there or maybe make a challenge about that. But anyway, we encourage folks to to check it out. JK, we'll we'll talk offline about what we're going to do for our challenge bet. But for now, you know, we're about out of time. So why don't we get to uh, our Lane's End Legacy of the Week and then we'll wrap it up with the audio from your YouTube video. But we do encourage people to go over there and watch the YouTube video as well. And you you have to drop a comment there. You can't comment on Twitter or put a comment on the blog post. If you want to participate, you've got to go to our YouTube channel in the money media and, uh, and drop the comment there. Any closing thoughts from you, JK, before we get on with the rest of the show? Uh, no, it, it's look, it's going to be fun. It, it's always a fun game. It's a spectacle. Looking forward to the commercials. Um, you could care less about uh, the, the singer of the national anthem, a little excited to see what Usher does. Maybe a little, little John sighting, a little, uh little ludicrous sighting should be fun, but um, uh, yeah, it, it, look, it's, 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 it should be a national holiday the day after that's for sure. <laughs> Great stuff, JK. Uh, and we're going to throw, I'm going to throw it right back to you for our lanes and legacy of the week. This week's lanes and legacy of the week is Island Cruiser. This son of Catalina Cruiser got to the front end and controlled the race from start to finish. Most turf sprints in this country are five or five and a half furlongs, still leaving big question marks about a horse's ability to stretch out. The exciting part about Island Cruiser's wire-to-wire turf sprint victory is that it was earned going six and a half furlongs, suggesting that stretching out is well within the conversation. Catalina Cruiser is a fourth-generation lanes-in stallion with plenty of upside. 
Catalina Cruiser's biggest performances came around one turn in his two Pat O'Brien wins and True North win at Belmont Park. But it's important to note that he also earned triple-digit buyer speed figures in his two wins in the two-turn San Diego at Del Mar. His siblings, Eagle and Royal Flag, also had plenty of success going around two turns. Whether it's stretching out or around one turn, I can't wait to see Island Cruiser show that speed. The length and a half back second. Lagier Knight on the outside of Mr. Fabricator. A final furlong for Island Cruiser. Maintains a two and a half length lead. Fast Chaz trying his best. Mr. Fabricator is down on the inside. Island Cruiser, Fast Chaz. Island Cruiser, gate to wire. Fast Chaz, second best. Mr. Fabricator followed by Bartoldi in a photo between Gazan Lagier Knight. Derby prep season continues. It is the Sam F. Davis from Tampa Bay Downs. Race 10 on Saturday, 5-15. You can check uh, this race along with others out on Fox Sports. America's Day at the Races where yours truly will be hanging out with you trying to pick some winners. Uh, But make sure you check out these races. Um, Let's get started quickly here first with a contest winner. We had a contest winner from... The video that we did wrapping up the weekend, last weekend's Derby preps uh, and doing the updated top 10. Uh, the contest question that Pete laid out there was, who's your top three? And uh, most of the people in the comments didn't do a top three. So by default, Matthew1153, who did do a uh, did do a, a top three, uh, does win. So I think Pete's going to give you 50 bucks. I, I think that's what, what, what we're going to do. So make sure you get your $50 from Pete. Uh, Nysos was his top horse uh, he likes, but obviously doesn't count. Uh, Honor Marie uh, he likes and thinks that the Risen Star will show up to be proven forever young from Japan and Fierceness in third. So thank you, Matthew1153. There'll be another contest. Make sure you check out at the end of, uh, of this segment. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, it always helps. Hit that bell icon to get notifications throughout this derby season. We'll be letting you know uh, what we think and, and, and where things are trending. Uh, on to the Sam Davis. Mile and a 16th, grade three for three-year-olds. Obviously, a derby prep, a lead up to the Tampa Bay Derby. And there's a few horses in here that I think are pretty interesting. I'm going to start with the three Patriot Spirit. So we're going to try to mile at Churchill Downs, and that didn't go particularly well. The pace was extremely fast that day. So I'll kind of give Patriot Spirit a little bit of a break on that performance. But I thought Patriot Spirit ran well last time at Tampa, going six furlongs, right, a little bit shorter. Uh, But I thought did it uh, by losing some ground, too. And I'm I'm hopeful that Patriot Spirit, drawn from the inside, could kind of send away from there. I don't like Patriot Spirit on top, but I do think it's a little bit interesting as a horse that you can use underneath Uh, The other horse I'll talk about is the four, Crazy Mason. Crazy Mason ran an allowance race on January 14th. And the thing I like about this is that that figure that this horse earned, 91 on time form US, I don't have the buyer in front of me, it it is a lot better than it looks, right? The pace of that race was extremely slow. And think about it with like Usain Bolt, right? If he were to walk for the first 10 meters of his 100-yard dash, there's no way he's going to run a sub-10. I don't care how fast he runs the 90 meters after that. And I think that happens sometimes in these races when the paces are very slow, the final figure can only be so fast. They can only come home so quick. I think Crazy Mason's last race is significantly better than it looks on paper. And I like this horse quite a bit. A horse that I would probably use a little bit from a win standpoint, but a horse that I think should be a nice attractive price that you can use 
underneath. Uh, the six, Agate Road, probably deserves a little bit of a, some conversation here. This is a horse I don't like. This is a turf horse. Um, they debuted on an off-the-turf race. The horse was working on the grass prior to that race at Saratoga this summer, and then every race after that has been on the grass. Todd Pletcher knows what a derby horse looks like. He's run 487 of them, right? He knows what they look like. He knows what a dirt horse looks like. And the fact that this horse was basically always been meant to run on the turf tells me this is probably a turf horse. No problem taking a shot in here, but I personally don't need Agate Road. And Agate Road will take some money with the connections. I'm going to try to beat this horse. The horse that I like the most in this race and who will be my top pick in here and I'll use along with the four Crazy Mason is the nine change of command. This horse has a strong foundation, right? This will be the sixth career start in the, in the Sam F. Davis. I like the draw towards the outside. Historically, at Tampa, you want to be towards the outside. Being down on the inside is not where you want to be. Change of command has some tactical speed and an outside draw. Projects to get that nice trip. The speed figures fit. This horse definitely can take another step forward. And when you have a $1.1 million horse buy into mischief with a Hall of Famer and Suge McGahee, you'd like to think that they'll continue to improve and get you going in the right direction. So my top pick in here will be the nine change of command. I'll use the four crazy Mason as kind of my second place horse, my underneath horse, and the three Patriot spirit is kind of that long shot uh, that I'll use in that third spot. So I look at this race nine, four, three. On to that contest. Get in the comments and let us know what your exacta is. If you get the exacta right, Pete's going to give you $50. Only one of you, though, not all of you, just one of you. If you get the exacta right, Pete is going to give you $50. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of, I don't know, a Kentucky Derby prep preview show where we talk about the Sam F. Davis. Make sure you continue to follow the channel. We're going to be talking about the, these derby preps leading up to the derby. We're going to be talking about updated top tens. We're going to be talking about the future wagers that are available for the Kentucky Derby and maybe even the Kentucky Oaks. And uh, like Pete always says, may you win all your photos.